You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Have generations of Christians overlooked a critical key for completing their most important assignment? Hi, I'm Holly Pivick. Welcome to this episode. I'm co-author with Doug Guyvitt of three books about the new apostolic reformation, including our most recent book, Counterfeit Kingdom, The Dangers of New Revelation, New Prophets, and New Age Practices in the Church. In my last episode, part one of my two-part series on the Great Commission according to NAR, I explain NAR's peculiar take on the Great Commission, that is, the greatest assignment given to the Church by Jesus. According to NAR leaders, the Church's greatest task is not to make disciples of Jesus in all nations, the standard interpretation. The NAR understanding of the Great Commission, which closely relates to their novel interpretation of the Lord's Prayer, is an assignment to take dominion of the nations or in our speak, bring heaven to earth. But how is the church supposed to accomplish this alleged assignment? In this episode, part two of the series, I will explain binding and loosing prayer and how NAR leaders view it as the key for establishing God's kingdom on earth. What is binding and loosing prayer? It is based on teachings that originated with leaders in the prosperity gospel, word of faith movement, and that are embraced by leaders in the New Apostolic Reformation. According to these teachings, believers have been given spiritual authority to bind or forbid the works of Satan, including sickness, addictions, fear, troubled family relationships, and poverty. Likewise, they've been given authority to loose or permit God's blessings, including health, peace of mind, strong marriages, successful businesses, and abundant finances. This authority to bind and loose was supposedly conferred upon Christians by Jesus when he gave Peter, one of his twelve disciples, the keys of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 16, 18-19. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The NAR Apostle Bill Johnson, the senior leader of Bethel Church in Redding, California, appeals to this passage in support of his doctrine of binding and loosing prayer. He also claims that this type of prayer is the primary focus for all prayer. He makes that claim in his book, When Heaven Invades Earth, where he teaches about the Lord's Prayer. He writes, This is the primary focus for all prayer. If it exists in heaven... It is to be loosed on earth. It's the praying Christian who looses heaven's expression here. When the believer prays according to the revealed will of God, faith is specific and focused. Faith grabs hold of that reality. Such an invasion causes the circumstances here to line up with heaven. Again, through prayer, we are to exercise the authority given to us. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Notice the phrase shall have been. The implication is that we can only bind or loose here 
what has already been bound or loosed there. In NAR, believers exercise their authority to bind and loose through their spoken words. In faith, they make verbal affirmations that are believed to be in line with God's will and that release his power to create their desired reality. And much the way God spoke and brought the world into existence, believers today, who are created in the image of God, also have the power to bring things into existence through their spoken affirmations. These NAR affirmations are known as prophetic declarations, faith declarations, prayer declarations, or just declarations. They're also referred to as confessions, proclamations, and decrees. Johnson uses many of these terms, but whatever term is used, it's crucial that the affirmations are expressed aloud. As he writes in his book, God is Good, the decree itself is important because some things don't manifest until they are spoken. Why must they be spoken, according to Johnson? For one thing, if they're not spoken, they can't be heard by angels who enforce the words or carry them out as their assignments. In fact, angels get bored when they don't have any declarations to enforce, or so Johnson teaches in When Heaven Invades Earth, which explains why his late wife, Benny Johnson, made a practice of waking angels, something we discuss in our book Counterfeit Kingdom. Johnson finds scriptural support for making spoken declarations in these words of Jesus to his disciples. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Mark 11.23 And Johnson gives an example of declarations he made while walking through a carnival held in his community. A fortune teller had set up a booth there and displayed psychic paraphernalia, including tarot cards and a crystal ball. He writes of this occasion in When Heaven Invades Earth, As I walked around her tent, I began to declare... You don't exist in heaven. You are not to exist here. I bind you to the word of God that declares that I have authority over you. Be gone. The next day, the fortune teller packed up her things and left town. Johnson confidently announces that his declarations were the reason for her departure. Johnson's claim that the Lord's Prayer is a model of binding and loosing prayer is certainly provocative, but there simply are no good reasons for accepting it. First, Nothing in the words of the prayer itself lends to such an interpretation. Prayer in the Bible is always directed to God, never to demonic beings, angels, or situations. The Lord's Prayer is no exception. It begins with an address to the Father, our Father in Heaven. It would not make sense for it to begin by addressing the Father and then abruptly switch to addressing demonic beings or impersonal situations such as storms or sicknesses, through the making of declarations. Johnson asserts his interpretation without making a case for it. Instead, he smuggles in prosperity, word of faith, teachings about binding and loosing that were developed nearly 2,000 years after Jesus first taught the prayer to his disciples. The practice of binding and loosing prayer would have been foreign to the Jews and early Christians of the Second Temple period, Prayer in the Jewish and early Christian traditions included praise, thanksgiving, confession, and petition, not making authoritative declarations that tap into God's power to create a desired reality. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he taught them to prioritize the Father's will above their own. This prioritization is expressed in the Lord's Prayer with the words, Your will be done. 
In defense of his teaching, Johnson stresses Jesus' bestowal of authority to bind and loose. Those who act on his teaching are merely using the authority that Jesus has bestowed. This would please God, not dishonor him. However, nothing in Matthew 16:19 permits the idea that the authority to bind and loose consists in the authority to bind sickness or loose finances. Notice this verse does not speak of prayer at all. No interpreters, apart from the leaders in the prosperity, word of faith movement, and the new apostolic reformation, have understood Matthew 16:19 this way. Jesus here confirms the authority of church leaders to administer church discipline. This includes the authority to include or to exclude individuals in or from the Christian community. Church leaders have the power to regulate the internal affairs of the church. This understanding aligns with how binding and loosing was understood by the Jews of Jesus' day. The Jewish leaders exercised their authority to bind and loose when interpreting Jewish law and settling disputes regarding it. They did not understand binding and loosing as the authority to bind demons or loose angels to do their bidding. New Testament scholar Craig Keener has this to say about such a confused interpretation of Matthew 16:19. He writes, The more popular use of binding today in many circles, exercising authority over the devil, resembles instead an ancient practice in the magical papyri, also called binding, of manipulating demons that carry out a magician's will. The Bible does support Christians' authority to cast out real demons, but the only devils in this passage are fully human ones, and they are being cast out of the church. Given the meaning of the term binding and loosing in its historical and cultural context, Johnson's interpretation of Matthew 16:19 as teaching binding and loosing prayer comes out of left field. What about Johnson's interpretation of Mark 11:23? Where does Johnson's interpretation go wrong? It is true that moving mountains was a common Jewish metaphor for the removal of seemingly impossible situations, but there's more to say on this point. Johnson's interpretation falls apart in light of Jesus' fuller teaching. The whole teaching here is that key to seeing answers to prayer is having faith in God to answer those prayers. It's a teaching, then, about the role of faith in effective prayer, and the type of prayer in view here is clearly petitionary. See the verse that immediately follows. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Verse 24. To ask is to petition. And whom would they petition but God? That this is petition explains why, if the disciples expect answers when they pray, they must have faith in God. Verse 22. And believe that God will answer the prayer. Verse 24. Of course, the theological backdrop of the rest of Scripture shows that for God to answer prayer requests, the request must align with His will. But note that here the emphasis is on the role of faith in effective petitionary prayer, not the practice of declarations. Like other passages of Scripture, Johnson takes isolated statements of Jesus and promotes novel teachings about them with complete disregard for their context. Since Johnson's teachings about binding and loosing prayer have no scriptural basis or historical precedent, then certainly the burden of proof is on him to show why anyone should accept them, or his claim that binding and loosing prayer holds the key to fulfilling the Great Commission and establishing God's kingdom on earth. That concludes part two of this two-part series on the Great Commission according to NAR. 
To learn more about the New Apostolic Reformation, check out Counterfeit Kingdom, The Dangers of New Revelation, New Prophets, and New Age Practices in the Church. Available for order on Amazon and anywhere else books are sold. And to learn more about binding and loosing prayer, watch for our forthcoming book, Reckless Christianity, The Destructive New Teachings and Practices of Bill Johnson, Bethel Church, and the Global Movement of Apostles and Prophets. To receive my latest blog articles and updates in your inbox, sign up at my website at hollypivic.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-P-I-V-E-C dot com. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 